This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Okay, do you have... Hello? Do you have volumes? Hello? I have buttons. I have volumes. Good. I have volume buttons and button volume. Whatever that means. Get my pot jersey on. You really scared me then when you very... Like violently. Purposefully whipped off your top. Well, hold on now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When he means top, he means I unzipped my hoodie. Yeah. Fortunately, there was another item of clothing underneath. Now, while everyone else has live day on KISW, I have slightly delayed day in the podcast universe as I've grabbed Ross Fletcher from being upstairs doing some work there to come down and talk about the sounders and sweaters and... Japanese people, all all in one. This is improv podcasting. Not the the not the podcasting shouldn't be improv, but at least we normally have a two minute chat before we do this about what we're going to talk about. I have to tell you, I feel like I'm the worst influence on the in the world on you. Not only do you talk over the intro now and stuff, oh yeah, and you like get a good kick out of it, like so unprofessional. (laughs) You're also drinking a beer. I know, and I'm not the one drinking. This is incredible, amazing. So (sighs) yeah, I got asked to come in and, and and mess about or mess up. Part of KISW, the rock, is yeah. that how you say it? The, the, the live 99.9 KISW. I have never felt more uncomfortable in an environment before. <laughs> I mean, flipping Nora, you walk around, and I just had a haircut yesterday and got the blades <laughs> around the back and sides, and then I get up to the rock people, and I've never seen so many men with lank, greasy, dark hair down to their shoulders. To explain, KISW does everything live on live day for two shows, the BJ and Migs in the morning and the men's room in the afternoon everything is live all the commercials every sound effect when they're about to play like a game and they have a song for it they have a band in there playing the song and then it's like and then ding 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 you know like you can't even use the oh that sounded terrible you can't even use the pew pew pews you have to actually have someone pew 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 it i I wish i could be your guy to do this sound effects (laughs) one day ross one day so if you want a tyrannosaurus sound like i use on my show a lot then you're kind of you're kind of out of luck like that's not something that you just have someone like my daughter could come and do that. She loves dinosaurs. <laughs> really? Yeah. <sighs> oh, yeah. I mean, they wake her up at night under her bed and all sorts, but she still loves them. Oh, my God. I love dinosaurs. We have to watch Dinosaur Train every flaming morning. What's Dinosaur Train? Up. What do you mean, what's Dinosaur Tell Train? Tell me it's a train full of dinosaurs. Pretty much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have a clue before I had kids as to what any kids' shows were, really. But it's a kids' show animated about dinosaurs. Yeah. And three of the kids are pteranodons. Okay. The mums are pteranodons. Are you following? Yeah. A pteranodon. And then little dinosaur, I still don't really know its name, isn't a pteranodon. So it doesn't have wings, and pteranodons apparently do. Somebody's been stepping out. So they have to go on a train. Oh, no. 
full of dinosaurs. Of course. A dinosaur train to go and explore. It's amazing. I'm sure if anyone's still listening, thanks. So, Velociraptor sound effect. Mm, like it. I usually reserve these things for my own broadcast uh, every morning, but this today really calls for. We're punching it out. We got to go above and beyond for this. I was so. given a beer as part of this live day just to hang out. They got to pay you somehow. People. I tried to tease you that it was six bucks and you looked like you were going to leave. So just yeah, pay for my the Uber. Jubilee can on the Rainier free plug even. We were just you, loose if, today. If I was drinking a beer back home yeah. in the UK on my old. Gig uh-huh, with yeah. the BBC, I'd be instantly fired. <laughs> They're that uptight. They would. Oh, absolutely. Like and, builders' you, tea, and that's all. If you cough on air, that's seen as bad etiquette. <laughs> so to drink beers, how dare you have alcohol on the premises? This is the BBC. Ross, serious question for you, though it'll sound ridiculous. If I wanted to receive BBC training, is that mm. something as a foreigner that I'm eligible for? Can I sign up for the BBC training class in whatever city you did it in, and and show up and be like? Hello, I'm here for my training. No. Ah, damn it! No, I don't think so. Then you have to be part of the BBC. Uh-huh. But what they do do is they shove all their modules, their training modules, online. Yeah, I've, I've actually seen some of them. I looked up some interview stuff on there once. So you can actually do some training They're brilliant. in the virtual world. Oh, that's great. Okay, because... I, uh, I've talked with the wife about this, and she's like, you should use your vacation time to go over and try and get some proper training from somebody, since here you, like, university's so expensive and pretty overrated. Yeah. And so doing it actually in the confines of the industry itself is the way to learn, I think. Yeah, what you need is someone who's either works for or worked for the BBC. Oh, I and know And is British, and you need to know them. I know one! <sighs> Who? His name's Niles. Oh, okay. Uh, he works in uh, Birmingham. Oh, good, city. good. Yeah, the mailbox, nice building. Yeah. Tea is really cheap in the mailbox. Uh, uh, nice builder's tea, if you're like me and mm-hmm. you're sissy and you can't handle your, your tea without the cream and tons of sugar. Yeah, and the lady that serves you, probably called Doris... Oh, a bit uptight. No, I, Doris wasn't there when uh, when oh, I really? when I called. But oh. I mean, I didn't call about oh, tea. So. It's been a while since I've been there. Maybe, yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. she's passed on. Okay, cool. So I'll call Niles and then we'll figure it out. Done. Okay, great. Yes! Finally, the show is going to get the professionalism that it deserves <laughs> as you take a big old swig off your beer. Now, so here, I, this is like the radio station group that we work in here. The most lenient about drinking beers that I've uh, that I've like been part of. Uh, I had a segment on my show called Beer for Breakfast for a while. So we would, my mm-hmm. boss would come in before Leslie, R.I.P. Garrett. He's not dead. He's just not here. Um, and he would come in. And we would drink beers on a Friday morning. And nice. By the, during, during the show? Yeah, during the show. Ooh. For the purposes of rating them. <laughs> idiots so it's um i would say that we're probably a little more mm, loose loose but i guess the bbc is a government-run institution they probably have no no it's independent from government thank you very much it is oh yeah oh i thought it was like it's it's subsidized by the government it's kind of funded by the government it's funded through i know nothing a sort of tax that isn't a tax but the whole point of it is it's independent from everybody yeah so it, it, it without fear or favor it will do its job. Yeah, okay. So it can't be kowtowed by ah. the government. It can't be a case of, say, a president-elect calling in media people and then telling them how it is in his own little private gold-embossed tower. What are we going to do about that? That's crazy. I'm terrified. I was at your house during the election, and mm. everyone was like, yay, we're having fun. We're mostly <laughs> British people. This is great. And then everything got real serious. Yeah, and, and then real it was like, oh, no fun. Uh, I think we might go home Yeah, to early. your Brexit country. 
country. Come on now. Yeah, I can't talk. <sighs> I can't talk. I have a lot of energy right now. Let me tell you. You fired up. You I am. You even had a I, I love afternoon surprise pod. This is great. <laughs> um, we're only hours away from a Sounders match. I actually have to turn this around really quickly if anyone's going to hear it and have it be relevant. We generally aren't anyway, so plus ça change. There, a, what the? I almost cursed right there. You caught me so off guard. Oh, sorry. That was French. What is that word? Oh, it just means like, you know, it's always the same. Could you say it again? Uh, plus ça change. Oh, man. Plus? Plus ça. ça. C with a squiggle. Oh. C-A. Ça. Change. 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 Plus ça change? Oui. Oh, wow. Ah. I speak other languages now. Arigato gozaimasu. The thing is, that's about the only French I know. What, I, le- I learned it till 15. I've forgotten most of it. Now, okay, so... Oh, I can say I broke my wrist playing basketball. <laughs> je me suis cassé les poignets pendant que je jouais au basket. A basket is basketball? Uh-huh. Wow. I learned that when I was 13 and went on French exchange where you go away for a week and live in a French person's yeah, but house. Did you break your wrist playing basketball? I did. Yes! And this, is the, this is the thing. So I went away and thought they go, my arm was in a cast because it was broken, my wrist. Sure. And they were bound to ask me, eh, come on, ça. And so I thought I better learn this phrase. Yeah. And it was one of the first things, naturellement, that they asked me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I responded really fluently with this French. And like, oh, no, I was no, like, no, 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 I don't understand. Je ne comprends pas. Désolé. And that was it. Really, Ross, we have French. another parallel in our lives that is so weird. Both incredibly handsome and tall. That's, uh-huh. uh, that's really a couple things. Um, we both have like career arcs that are similar, only yours more professional. Um, and then also, in mi- I call it middle school where I'm from, but in my middle school years, I also broke my wrist playing sports in the neighborhood. Wow. Yeah, this is for us, it was playing neighborhood baseball. It was, um, it was David Arkin, Burn in Hell. Um, he broke my wrist. And how, how do you break your wrist baseball? So we were playing neighborhood baseball with a like with a cheap bat and a tennis ball, and you could just you know it was like two or three people. And yeah, so. So very. I think this is an American thing. Perhaps it's not. Maybe the concept of ghost runners is uh, is available in uh, in England as well. But you're playing with like six kids, and you got okay. So the most you could ever run was two bases, unless you hit it like past like someone's car that was way down the street and then got it. crazy. So when you were when you were done hitting, you had to leave a ghost runner on second, and they would automatically do what they were forced to do. So you just had to keep track of that as in your kid mind, like okay, the guy's up. There's ghost runners on first and second. So okay, so. My buddy catches the ball deep in the asphalt outfield, throws it back into me. I catch it. It's just a tennis ball, and I hold it out to tag David Arkin. And he uh, intentionally gives me a shove and um, knocks me down, and I land on my wrist, and it broke my both both bones in my, uh, in my arm. Was it the scaphoid bone by any chance? No, because that's the one the motorcycle riders hurt all the time when oh. they're like uh, when they're crashing and they hit their hands on the thing. Like mm-hmm. if you were doing like a ridge hand chop in, uh, in yeah, at that it would be a um, you would break your scaphoid there too by missing. Uh, Is that what you did? I did that twice. Woo! Yeah, I thought it was a good idea to do it again. You're like just I didn't to test out whether it was unbroken. Yeah, still it parallels like crazy, man. Yeah. Oh. Having a cast as a kid, it's it's pretty exciting. What color was your cast? It was white, yeah. just so everyone could write on it, and that's probably the cheapest one oh, you yeah. could get in the National Health Service of the UK. Yeah, free, right? But then, yeah, then the second time I did it, yeah, I don't even think I want to tell this story. Yeah, the story. Yeah, too late. Time, we are in. <laughs> the first time was basketball, trying to catch a ball over my head, and somebody made a back for me as I was running backwards chasing the ball and just oh, fell over them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second time. It was four weeks before I was going to college for the very first time. Yeah. 
And the last thing I wanted was a cast on my arm on the first day of college. Hey, look at me. I'm different. Yeah. And everyone asked him, well, how did you do that, you weirdo? Did you respond in French? Well, Opportunity missed. I know. I should have really. That would have really impressed all the ladies. <laughs> um, who's this weird French guy? And the, the, With the I, British accent. Yeah, the actual reason, it was nothing sportingly heroic other than I went on vacation with my buddies to a little chintzy seaside town in the, the southwest of the UK. Called? Uh, Torquay. Okay. T-O-R-Q-U-A-Y. Yeah. The English Riviera. Oh. Basically, it has about 12 palm trees there that really don't suit the climate. Okay. And... There were arcades. Do you know, do you know what I mean by arcades? Is it well? I mean, for like, me, an arcade is like a, like we got um, we got Street Fighter Two upstairs. Yeah, there you like, go. Yeah. yeah. So it's basically a hangout place with loads of games you can play. Oh wow! Interactive okay. games, whatever. Because if you go to the arcade in Japan, it's like a gambling hall. This is uh, a right. arcade that for here this is, is like, like a ding 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 ding. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You get one of those guns and shoot targets and the racing games, and you sit in the car and all that kind of stuff. But this was a boxing machine oh okay an actual boxing machine <laughs> where you put in your pound coin oh my you god get three expensive th- i know but three goes and it hangs down and so what happens is no you put the glove on and it comes up so the um what do you call it that you hit yeah the, the big the bag. ball bag it comes <laughs> the, up the ball bag <laughs> <laughs> this is getting worse so it's horizontal <laughs> and you press it and it goes doing yeah and stands erect and then You've got to smack it just like a boxer would. It's rather like the one that comes down. It yeah, just sure. comes up. Yeah. Whatever. And my two buddies are quite well built. Yeah. And they smack it each and get like 134 on the score. Yeah. And my other buddy gets 129. Yeah. And then I get up there knowing I've got a skinny, wretched right arm, hit it, and it's like, 87. Like, oh, no. oh, God. Embarrassing. Thought, Put not, your hips into it, Ross. And I knew it wasn't fun, but I had to do it because it's buddy stuff. Yeah. I, I spent a pound. So I've got a second go. Run up, go bang, and cock my wrist as I hit it. Yeah. And it really hurt. Uh, really hurt. I did it all wrong, trying to get more power. It's like 73. Uh, and I knew I'd done something bad. Yeah. Drink it off. But I'd only use two of my three goes. Of course. I'm not wasting 33 and a third pence <laughs> out of my pound. So after my other buddies had got like 140, I thought, I've got to have another go, so I'll just look ri- ridiculous. And I'm waste, wasting 33 and a third pence. So I hit it again. It's a bang. Ah! I went away. Um, that night, uh, I was sharing a, a room with my buddy, and he had a bed on the other side of the room. I woke up delirious because I'd, I'd done something really bad. It was all bulbous, my wrist. Really hurt. Didn't know where I was. Didn't you know Didn't know who was in this room alongside me. I thought, intruder, intruder, even though my best buddy was lying in his bed and started punching his face <laughs> with my broken wrist. And he's like, dude, what well, are you doing? Luckily, you weren't punching him very hard. <laughs> well, no, it really hurt. And then the next day I went and got an x-ray after he was like, please stop hitting me. Oh, sorry. We're like, hassa! Yeah, I broke it. So I'm not going to go to college telling people what the heck I did. Yeah, so what'd you tell them? Knife fight? No, oh, I, I insisted they took the, uh, the the cast off before I went. What? Yeah. They're dangerous. Now, can you still bowl and stuff like that? Do you oh, still yeah. have like a. Uh, fine. Okay, it healed? Yeah. I was 17. You're still, you're still like jelly then, aren't you? I guess so, man. Wow, mm. I'm, I'm flabbergasted by this story. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, well, cool. Well, there we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good now. I'm feeling good about 
impromptu pod Tuesday. Yeah, this is a this is we should do this all the time. Impromptu pod. Get I love it. Get a few beers. Tell a few stories. Um, see if anyone actually cares. My problem is, is I have the worst memory on the planet, so I don't remember any stories. I've actually had to start writing stuff down as I think of stuff. Oh, that was a fun time. I have to write it down. I don't have my book with me that has them in there. I should keep them on my phone because, like, I can't even remember the cool stuff I've gotten to do in radio. Like, I know I nothing. I know nothing either. Yeah, it's like if if someone doesn't remind me, then I have no idea. And then my friends, they've told the same stories like four thousand times, and they have like ten good ones. And I'm like, uh, every time it's like, who's the coolest person you ever met on the radio? And I'm like, Pfft. my wife always, yeah, my wife always says. Yeah, you should go and do speaking or something. Go and entertain people with your stories of going away yeah. with, with Olympics and sports and yeah. whatever and life. I read a book. I'm like, I can't remember any of it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I'm just going to stand there and go, yeah, I went away to this really cool country and interviewed some people about some sport. And, and then, well, I mean, and that, the end. But you've told me like sushi boat, like I'll, like I remember that. Somehow. Oh yeah, but that was only three months ago. Oh yeah, fair. <laughs> That's a good point. You what? Uh, what I did for my wedding was every night when we were done for the night, we journaled. So that way we would have memory of it. But I am way too lazy to like write or type something. So we just set up the phone um, in video mode and then we just talked for That's 10 minutes. Great. And so at least now I don't remember any of it except for like the most important, the getting married parts and stuff. But like all the like little small details are gone now. Mm-hmm. But I can go back and watch them and be like, oh, so yeah. good. So good. Oh, yeah. My dad is a dick. That's a great point. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's uh, all you need to know. Yeah, really. exactly. That's really what it comes down to. So, Okay, well, uh, the Sounders are it's still playing soccer, evidently. That's like a thing. Yeah, it went away for a while. I want to do the... It came back. When was the When was the first... When was the knockout game? 2009. The, like, yeah, that's, that's kind of... I was thinking mid-90s myself, but it's... Um, it was like two, three weeks ago because of the international break. So long ago. And I'm just, I'm harping anyone who will even get stuck listening to me. I just harp on this all the time. I'm trying to remember who they beat. Oh, Dallas. Yeah, Seattle versus Dallas in they, a one. They won 3-0 in the first one. And then wasn't it 1-1 in the second game? No, I'm, I'm even talking about the, like the, what was the knockout? Sporting Kansas City? Oh, yeah, it was. MLS first playoff round was October 27th is what I got here. One nothing versus Kansas City. So that was the that was the single game elimination, right? Nearly a month ago. It was yeah, almost today's as we record the 22nd. So that was on the 27th and then the next game was like 3 days later if I'm not mistaken on the 30th. So that means okay, so that's Week number two, they did two games there. Okay, are you putting this in your journal? Yeah, I'm journaling this. Okay, and then uh, I had a hot dog <laughs> with onions, corn dog. My my bad. There we go. Corn dog, mustard. Okay, and then then what? And then they played two games against Dallas, right? So the second one was November sixth. So that's. Now you're on the thir- starting your third week of the playoffs is November sixth, and then they don't play again until the twenty second. So yeah, there's an international break on what is that tenth through fourteenth or something like that. What I'm saying is that if you would have done a single rounds, you could have had the international break, been the time off to heal, and then this would be the MLS Cup this weekend. But instead, you have to have all of this crazy travel for no reason, and every team in the league makes the freaking playoffs. It's so stupid. It takes a long time. Yeah, you it, think of baseball. And that takes a while, but at least you're playing like yeah, every night. So not like a now the World Baseball break. Classic. We're gonna take a break, and I understand the international break is for 
everybody. Like everyone does it. It's frustrating with the Premier League too, and like mm-hmm. everyone's gone. And then you watch the USA just totally do terribly. Ooh, that was not good. Yeah, no longer Jurgen Klinsmann as coach. Bruce, yeah. Arena, Bruce Arena is now but appointed until the end of the 2018 World Cup cycle. So that's good for the Sounders hating on the beating up on the Galaxy a little bit. Arena's been a real tough. Mm, com- yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah. He's always had their number until this season gone off the boil despite LA actually having the most star-studded team <laughs> that, that I think any MLS side has ever had. Yeah, it's um, it's frustrating that after all that great momentum of the Sounders doing, it became a real like local story for a minute, and now it's just. I was talking to people today, and they're like, "Oh yeah, there's soccer today. That's right." Yeah, yeah. That I thought the season had finished. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, they're still playing. Like, that's the common response. And you just got to think if you're the. I know it's hard to start the season earlier because you have teams in Canada that don't have indoor facilities full time, and so what do you do there? Like, there's not and like places like Chicago as well that yeah. are snowed in, and on the East Coast as well. Boston always has it bad. And- I'm surprised that they don't figure out how to turn. Oh, it's just not big enough. There's not a big enough indoor arena to do that. I mean, the Bears play outside in Chicago, so there's yeah. not like a facility. Montreal's the only one with the the big O, the Olympic Stadium, where yeah. they play the first three games, I think, home games. And so then they just try and schedule these Canadian teams or the ones like on the road for the first six weeks, which <laughs> yeah. is total, which totally sucks too. So uh, there's, maybe, do you shorten the season since you're not playing everyone home and away? Oh, I mean, we're going to get into another playoffs discussion, aren't we? Just we're going to go around ad nauseum. I just want to um, know how you like how you stop the balloon from deflating. Like, how do you? Well, they're expanding. The league is expanding. Next season, Minnesota United yeah. and Atlanta are going to come in, and United FC are going to. I come already in. hate Atlanta FC. <laughs> I already hate them. LAFC are going to come in after that, yeah. and there's another spot. So you're not going to have fewer games. You're going to have more games, arguably, unless they rejig how many. Each conference plays against each other. Um, And there was a really interesting report out this week about promotion and relegation. Let's not delve too much into that right now because the league isn't mature enough for it. No way! But there was a report saying, look, these are the overwhelming benefits of having promotion and relegation. But you have to split the country. You can't have relegation because teams will fall apart if they don't have the MLS money, right? Like, that that there's a lot of that. if you have MLS 1 and MLS 2... It can happen. I feel like you got to split the country and you do east and west and you just, at the end, you play the two leagues, send their best representative and play each other. Yeah, but then you avoid the issue of promotion and relegation. Yeah, I'm fine with that. The idea is, I mean, Houston this year, which is rubbish. But at the end of the season, nobody cared about Houston for a good four months. They became irrelevant. If they were in a relegation fight, their games are relevant every week because they're fighting for something, i.e. their survival yeah. in this top tier. They have to earn it. Whereas in MLS, if you're bad, you accept it. You're like, oh, okay, we're going to be bad. We'll just pick up the number one draft pick for next season. Like You're, you're rewarding poor performance. Hmm. There's no downside apart from not winning the ultimate prize. But if you know a couple of months into the season you're not going to win that, then you know you might as well just coast. But I would argue that the Sounders weren't going to win it um, in July, and here they are now staring down the semi semifinals. Yeah, different issue. But it's for, for those teams that are at the bottom. There's still something to play for. You have to earn your right. Yeah to play against the top teams. Well, since all but three teams make the playoffs, it's, it shouldn't be a, a big <laughs> issue for many people. I, to yeah. be fair, I actually like how the MLS is handling everything. I like that they're a little bit too heavy-handed on everything. I like that they control everything because I think the league is too weak to be able to withstand 
uh, to be able to carry some of the issues on its if they let the teams deal with it themselves. I think that in the beginning right now, keeping everyone at the top level and trying to hash it out, losing Achieve Us once in a while is what's going to happen, but I think you'd lose a lot more if you didn't. Although, Although if you then make it an arms race through yeah. promotion and relegation, doesn't that incentivize everybody to spend more money to bring in better quality players to maintain your ability to be the best or to billy bean it and try and figure out how to get like the best value or do that yeah. rather than saying okay yeah if you're parity, Brad Evans, parity yeah. which the league is aiming for as bruce arena always says now the u.s national team coach the highest coach in the country parity he says leads to mediocrity yeah how much longer do you want that status quo yeah, because we have the best athletes in the world in America, yet um, not the best soccer players in the world, and mm. so and the only way that these a lot of these guys are getting to be the best is by going to overseas to where they do it full time. I, I heard a great argument from Jurgen Klinsmann that he wants the college soccer season to be ten months long um, to be able yeah, to I mean, like, what, get guys what, used to it. What good is there in having a twenty-one-year-old yeah. playing for two and a half months of the year? Mm-hmm. Then the the rest of the time having restricted coaching hours with their coaches. How is that developing the American player to be the best they can be when you have someone like Thomas Muller, the Germany striker, yeah. at the age of 20, top scoring in the World Cup finals? In 2010, he scored five goals as a 20-year-old. He was the top scorer. Now, kids aren't coming out of college in the US until they're 22. Yeah. And they have never played a professional game. How can the US possibly compete against a Germany then if that's how you're breeding your generation of players wow. through a college system how do you bridge that gap though I mean that's that's whatever that's a million dollar well, question well now you do it through what MLS is trying to do and I applaud this their own team built academies they're putting money in yeah. you know, in, in the low millions of dollars a couple million dollars a year into the each academy of, sure. of each MLS team to bring through players from as young as under 12, maybe even older, depending on the team. And then you you manage to sidestep the college route and you're no longer dependent on them yeah. producing players. And the draft actually year on year is becoming less and less relevant. And that's the right way to go if the U.S. wants to grow its player pool. That's crazy. The, uh, the I think Dallas does a really good job of that. Perea's got a really good yeah, job they, of getting they, they, kids... Yeah, really good. Education really good and soccer, through. splitting yeah. it up a little bit, and then him being familiar with everyone at a very early time, which is super cool. Now, if only they didn't lose in the early playoffs! Suck it, Dallas! Um, all right. So the Sounders playing the um, uh, against Colorado tonight. No Tim Howard. No. That's a big blow for them in terms of maybe just morale. I guess their backup is awesome. He did great for the first half of the season. Yeah, he did. He's got a really good goals against average, but I don't rate him as a goalkeeper. Hmm. Zach McMath, who yeah. used to play for Philadelphia, he was a calamity there. Uh-oh. He's the only goalkeeper I've ever seen in the professional ranks go up for a corner largely uncontested, let the ball go beyond his hands, bounce off his own shoulder and go into his own net. Damn it. I've just never seen that happen before. His <laughs> technique is a little lacking, shall we say. Yeah. So he could be exposed. Howard, having pulled his groin in the US defeat against Oof. Mexico and having to come off in that huge World Cup qualifier. Big blow for Colorado, who might also be without their leading scorer, Skulls and Gashi. And they don't score goals, right? And they don't score many goals. Could be a tough night for the Rapids. Now, um, I haven't read today. Even Chitz was kind of like suspected to be healthy enough that he could make a return. Um, hopefully they would wait till next week because the chemistry has been so good. I think Brad Evans is healthy again. There's a lot of opportunities for some Sounders names to have gotten healed 
doubled up in this time off, which would be the argument that the international break, with no Sounders traveling to the international break, have actually had a huge advantage. Yeah, I think they're in good shape. It's just whether they can, can continue the momentum that they've built up. They clearly built up ahead of steam, the Sounders, having got past Dallas, finishing the regular season so strongly on this tide of emotion, really, and then going through the semi-final round against Dallas, who've been their nemesis in the past couple seasons. They just seem to have it set up for them this season. They'll play the winner of Montreal or Toronto, who played earlier in the day in their first leg. The only way Seattle can host MLS Cup final is A, by beating Colorado over those two legs, but then B, hoping Montreal get past Toronto. So if Sounders make MLS Cup final... If it's Montreal, it's at home. Yep. If it's Toronto, it's in Toronto. So there's still a fair way to go, but I think it's just coming together for the Sounders. Can, can Montreal do it? Can they Can they get the best of Toronto? Yeah. I mean, they've got really good weapons. Ignacio yeah. Piatti, this yeah. Argentine guy, little guy, he's magic. He's like a, a low-level Messi. Oh, cool. Um, he's, he's really skillful, eye for goal, picks a pass, great on the counter-attack. He's terrific. Um, and you know, if Didier Drogba doesn't sulk, <laughs> he could come off the bench <laughs> and Didier do something. Drogba is going to sulk today. Yeah, they've got a striker called Mancuso, who's coming from Italy, Bologna, their sister team in Italy. Scored a couple playoff goals, which is huge. So they've got weapons and they've got a lot of experience in the middle of the park with Marco Donadell and Patrice Bernier and Hernan Bernadello, the other Argentine, in amongst it. They've got a strong midfield, some guys who can score some goals. It's just being able to shut down Sebastian Jovinko in the Toronto team because he's the, the best player in the league. Final question. Should the Sounders pursue Frank Lampard, now a free agent in the MLS? Only if he's going to be an analyst on TV. He's like 76 now. <laughs> he can't play any longer. <laughs> I mean, he scored a bunch of goals this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah but he's still 38. <laughs> Just because he's English. Hey, we're not all that good. <laughs>